On this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast, we learn the truth about adrenal fatigue with Dr. Joel Rosen. toughest thing to teach people, Ben, is when you're doing really well, that's when you can not try to take that supplement, you know, that day. Because what I tell them is, is there's a Goldilocks zone where too little is not good and too much is not good. And if you know thyself, think of it as if you're riding a wave and you get on the wave, you feel really, you know, you're riding it, but you want to get on that next wave before you got off that wave that you're still on. So -hmm. what I tell them is, is if you feel good with something, Don't take that something that next day and see if you're still on that wave. I'm a certified functional health practitioner who's on a mission to educate 1 billion people. I've been obese for most of my life. From rock bottom to the top of the mountain, I am passionate about studying ancient healing strategies like fasting and the ketogenic diet and curating this information on the Keto Camp podcast. My goal is to bring you the thought leaders in this space. My name is Ben Azadi, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, Ben Azadi here, host of the Keto Camp Podcast. I am super grateful to be here with you today to introduce Dr. Joel Rosen to discuss all things adrenal fatigue. We're going to get into the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal access and what exactly is going on. Why do so many people feel exhausted? Why do they feel wired and tired? Afternoon naps, having to rely on caffeine just to get through the day. Is that normal? No. Is it common? Yes. So Dr. Joel Rosen has been a leading authority on busting a lot of these adrenal fatigue myths. And we talk about cellular health. He's going to give his favorite supplements for supporting the adrenals. He also is going to get into methylation, which is the gears and switches of your body. We talk about ways to support mitochondrial health like SAM-E and phosphatidylcholine, what that does to support the mitochondria. He gets into this process called mitochondrial pimp we talk about creatine and then we talk about the five causes of extreme fatigue cases so if you want to learn about fatigue chronic fatigue syndrome the adrenals cellular health this is going to be the episode for you before i bring on dr joel rosen to discuss this topic i want to take a minute here to get to the apple podcast rating and review of the day This is a five-star review from Carolyn W.A. titled, Loving This Show. I just started listening to Keto Camp two weeks ago and I'm addicted. I'm a registered nurse. I love the way Ben backs his information with evidence-based. I'm amazed about how much misinformation is being fed to us. I have shared so many episodes with friends and family. I am hooked. Thank you, Ben, for the education you share. I appreciate you so very much. Carolyn. Thank you so much for being a frontline worker, for being a registered nurse, and for all of the patients you take care of in this world. I am so grateful you found the show and you are resonating with it and sharing it with your friends and family. That means the world to me and the entire Keto Camp team. So thank you so much, Carolyn. If you have not left the Keto Camp podcast a rating or a review yet on Apple Podcasts, please do so right now. Pause the episode, just scroll down on your phone and rate it and review it. What that will do is really help the show expand and grow and just change more lives, which is the ultimate goal here. When you leave that rating and review for the Keto Camp Podcast on Apple Podcasts, take a screenshot of that and send that screenshot to support at ketocamp.com and we will reply with a PDF download of my Keto Flex cookbook, which includes 21 fat-burning keto recipes. So send that to support at ketocamp.com. Camp is spelled with a K. All right, let's talk about adrenal health with Dr. Joel Rosen. Dr. Joel Rosen has been called the adrenal fatigue recovery ninja. He is the founder and creator of the truth about adrenal fatigue. Dr. Joel Rosen, DC, CFMP, knows how it feels to suffer from adrenal fatigue, but wants you to know the real truth about adrenal fatigue. The term adrenal fatigue is simply not an accurate term. 
Dr. Joe Rosen has made it his life mission to really understand, for the world to understand, what exactly adrenal insufficiency is and how to recover for long-term health and results. So without further ado, here is the man, Dr. Joel Rosen. Dr. Joel Rosen, welcome to the Keto Camp Podcast. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure and an honor. It's my pleasure and honor as well. I'm so excited to chat with you. It's been a long time coming. Before we get into some of the amazing work you're doing today, let's talk about your story. How did you get involved with becoming a doctor and focusing on adrenal fatigue and adrenal health? Well, you know, much like your story, and I'm sure a lot of the guests that tell you the same thing, we have our hero's journey where we've had our own health challenges. And so same thing for me, Ben, I was exhausted and burnt out after I graduated from chiropractic college. But even before chiropractic college, I was an anxious kid. I had problems with focus and concentration. I didn't even know it was anxiety and, until I many years later realized, oh, that butterfly in the stomach and sweaty palms and you know stage fright and that whole angst was anxiety. Um, but what happened was when I graduated from chiropractic college, over $250,000 worth of student debt, my wife was pregnant with twins. I had just moved not only to a new country, but a new state. And I re-injured my back training and I was exhausted and burnt out. And here I was just starting my career. My twins were born and I thought, how on earth am I going to be able to do this? And I had opened up my own business, my own practice. And a patient of mine was an acupuncturist and he brought in a book called Why Do I Still Have Thyroid Symptoms Even Though My Blood Tests Are Normal by Dr. Karazian. And I thought, why are you bringing me this book? I don't have a thyroid problem. So it sat on my desk for many months and then something gravitationally was pulling me towards it. And I finally opened it up and there was a section been there on adrenal fatigue. And if there wasn't a picture of me in there, it should have been because it was me to a T. And here I was, not to brag, but I had two undergraduate degrees, one in exercise physiology, one in psychology, had just graduated from chiropractic college. So I thought I knew a lot, but I had never heard of this. And I thought, oh my goodness, if I've never heard of this, how many other people that don't have education and, and knowledge that are exhausted and burnt out, which is a tidal wave tsunami of everyone, then I got to know about this. And thus started the journey. And it was a little more than I had expected because I didn't realize how unaccepted the term was. And I'm okay with that because at the end of the day, it's a terrible term, but it doesn't mean that it's not a legitimate challenge for people that are exhausted and burnt out that get dismissed by doctors saying, oh, you're just reading the internet. It's not real and you're a difficult patient. So that's my mission, just like you. My mission now is to educate people that have identified with that term. It got on their radar some way, some shape, some form. They've been exhausted and burnt out. They've been not believed. As you know, a lot of the times their blood tests come back normal and they're told to take an antidepressive or anti-anxiety medication and they're just left to be judged and, and not supported. So that's, that's my real mission in life now too. Mm, it's such an important message. So many people are going through that. You know, they go to their doctor, they're dealing with allopathic care, and they're telling their doctor, I don't feel good. I can't focus. I'm tired in the afternoon. I, uh, my sleep is crap. I'm wired and tired at night. And they're looking at their lab work and they're saying, everything looks normal. You know, you need a medication. You need some sort of a Band-Aid, which doesn't get to the cause, unfortunately. So I love that we're speaking about cause here. And I love that you're a chiropractor because I have a the chiropractic philosophy is something I love. Uh, identify interference, remove interference, and let the body heal. The body is incredible. We just got to get to the interference. And that's what we're talking about here. So on the topic of adrenal fatigue, what exactly is it? Talk about the hypothalamus pituitary, that whole connection. Let's deep dive into what exactly is going on here. Sure, sure. So I'll just kind of give a quick little history. And I'm sure most people have heard of Hans Selye and his stress theory. And he was the original pioneer. He put it on the radar, but he also put it on the radar with a mark on it in terms of doctors forever after would never believe in the term because it's such a lousy term because the adrenals don't exactly fatigue. Mm -hmm. Although there is, as you know, adrenal insufficiency when there's an autoimmune condition. And legitimately, when you test, when I say legitimately, you do a test and you stimulate the adrenals through a ACTH test, the adrenals produce cortisol 
and you don't have adrenal insufficiency. If they don't produce enough cortisol, you have adrenal insufficiency, but there's no shades of gray and there's no such thing as adrenal fatigue. So that's the first thing in allopathic medicine. And I would say it's a terrible term, but his original theory is you have an alarm, you have all these stressors in life that sets off the alarm and you're able to keep up with it for a certain amount of time. And that's called the resistance phase. And then eventually your supply and demand are no longer equal, you have more demand than you do supply, so to speak. And as a result, you create something called fatigue. And that was a good model. But that was in the 60s, you know, and here we are in 2021. So what I tell people now is quite fundamentally, you've lost the ability to regulate your internal and external environment. And as a result, you have a supply and demand problem where you can't keep up with the physiological demands of your body. And then the weak links in the chain break, Ben. And that's where we see like the cell danger response and your body prioritizes things at the expense of other things. And really, when it gets really bad, you can see things like blood pressure, temperature regulation, feeling faint, heart racing, just not being able to cool down or or warm up. That's when you know that the supply and demand problem has gotten so far out of hand that you can't even regulate the mechanics behind the scenes that are automated in your body. But what I do tell people is basically, if you're exhausted, if you're burnt out, If you can't handle stress, if your circadian is disrupted, meaning you get up in the morning, you have no energy, at night you start to get your second wind, if there's libido issues, if there's mood issues, if there's brain fog issues, then you will have some form of we won't call it adrenal fatigue, but we'll call it HPA axis dysfunction. And so HPA axis dysfunction is when the brain signals the stressors to the adrenals and the adrenals output their hormones. And there's a lot of them, not just cortisol. And I tell people the three main functions of adrenals are very easy to think of. Think of number one, it gives you energy. So whether it's adrenaline or breaking down glucose, through the release of cortisol, that's one of the main functions. And if we don't have energy, then we have to assume that that's involved. The other thing we have is mineral concentration, our electrolytes, very important for energy production, but removing and cleansing the blood and involved with kidney functions and so forth. And then the last one is settling down inflammation. So anytime we have energy issues, mineral issues, and inflammation issues, the adrenals and the HPA axis are involved. One last caveat, though, Ben, I would say is is that I don't feel that even as adrenal fatigue is a sucky term, I'll say that, I do feel that HPA axis doesn't characterize and 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 explain everything that's happening at, at the cellular level, as you know. So what I tell people is you would be saying like, okay, if it's hot outside and the temperature thermometer is registering hot, there's something wrong with the thermometer. And there's nothing wrong with the thermometer. It's telling you the climate of the environment. Same thing with the HPA axis. But there's so many things involved, as you know. We, As we learn and as knowledge goes forward, we know that there's a neuro, psycho, immuno, endocrine, gastro. All of the systems are involved. So I even think that an HPA axis dysfunction, while it is involved and it helps to signal and regulate and coordinate, it's doing the term a disjustice because ultimately when you have a cellular fatigue and there's shit shades of gray, it's not just a black or white thing, you're going to have an epidemic of fatigue, exhaustion, burnout, stress, all of the things that you're seeing with people that have this so-called condition. Well said, well explained. So in the beginning, and you and when you said the word stress, and that stress could come from actually somebody physically chasing you, a lion or something like that, or work stress, watching the news, I mean, whatever it is, being stuck in traffic, the body handles that stress the same way. In the beginning, the body's well-equipped to deal with that stress in acute situations, right? And then you adapt and you're stronger. It's hormesis. But then when that stress happens too much, then it starts to have, you have this hormetic curve, right? And first of all, you get benefits, benefits, and then all of a sudden you get this steep decline and then you start experiencing those symptoms. But what I've seen, and I want to hear your input on this, 
that could take months to years before that happens. And somebody actually might feel good, even though they're burning themselves out. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, we think of the last stimuli that sort of per, the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back or when the levee broke, that that must have been the thing. But really, it's the accumulation of, and not just stress like you mentioned, but things that we don't even realize, Ben, like EMFs, cell phones, alerts, notifications, bosses, jobs, chemicals, pesticides, sprays, solvents, glyphosates, so many things that at this day and age, we would have been much better served living 500 years ago based on the stress response. But yes, absolutely. It's typically a cumulative effect. Now, that's not to say there can't be one-off huge overflowing of the bucket with major traumas or post-traumatic stressors or getting exposed to lots of heavy metals in one dose or living in a moldy house. But typically, as you said, you never get someone who has an empty bucket that hasn't been accumulating over time. And unfortunately, we do think of it as that it must have just happened mentality. And I think that's a really important question that you asked is to educate and help people realize, hey, Mrs. Jones, this is building up for quite some time. And we really want to identify not just the one that put it over the top, but also, if not equally important, more importantly, the ones that have been hammering away at it over time, because ultimately we're going to want to not necessarily just give you a supplement to support the adrenals per se. We're going to want to lower those things that have been adding to the burden in the first place, like a penny earned is a penny saved. So the more we can help you identify all the little things that have been chipping away at it off the block over time, the more you're going to have a surplus of energy to be able to invest in other things that you didn't even realize were taking a hit. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. And, and so for me personally, Joel, a few years ago, I had heavy metal toxicity. I had silver amalgam fillings. I had eight of them for 20 plus years. I got them in when I was a kid. And I lived in a home that had uh, tremendous amounts of mold that I was unaware of. So this was about five or six years ago. I was doing CrossFit and I was exhausted, man. I was getting poor sleep. I had to take a nap in between my personal training clients. So I decided to do a test as I was going through my functional diagnostic nutritional training as a health coach. And part of it was testing yourself, learning about cortisol, learning about these, these patterns. And I did the 24-hour saliva test with BioHealth back then, BioHealth Labs, and everything was low in the morning, noon, afternoon, nighttime. So that was a result of the heavy metals and the mold, et cetera. So what did I do? I got the silver fillings out the right way, safely from a biological dentist. I started to do detox uh, you know, uh, the right way. I moved out of my house. I got rid of that mold exposure, and I actually went to a new location. And then I retested with the Dutch test, and it showed improvements just two years later. Right, and I'm I'm going to do a Dutch test again very soon. So that's a perfect example of removing the interference, and then the body adapts and it gets stronger. And then one more thing is, I did also take some adrenal support. I take I took some adaptogen herbs, which helps. But to your point, if you don't remove that number one cause, you could take all the supplements in the world, and you're not going to get well. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And it gets sexy, right? I mean, you can, how many people do you know that have a supplement Santa Claus bag or a little <laughs> pharmacy in their home, right? I mean, they have that and they're still not moving the needle. And ultimately, it's not as sexy to just remove the thing or address the thing. Sometimes, Ben, it's, it's a hard reality to look in the mirror. Like if you have a terrible job or your marriage is failing or your bills are piling up, it, it, that's a vulnerable situation to have to look in the mirror and really change your environment and your situation. And it's a lot easier. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people are looking for the immediate easy solution where it just doesn't work that way. So yeah, I would agree with you. I tell people, it's like I'm a business consultant to your body. And we want to increase your income. But we're not going to focus so much on more sales right now, we got to cut your expenses, there's no reason why you need to have all these expenses. And that's really what you're saying is, you address the major dominoes that were causing the downstream effect versus trying to pick up the downstream dominoes and expecting that to fix the ones that caused them to topple over in the first place. Hey, Keto Camper, I wanna interrupt this episode real quick and let you know about a product I've been using to reduce inflammation and to get better sleep. 
when it comes to the CBD space, it is like the wild, wild west. And the company I've discovered is Dr. Phillips Formulations. It is pure, safe, potent, and yes, it's formulated by a doctor. They bring over 20 years of medical experience to their CBD oil. They have a proprietary formulation which combines pure, high-quality ingredients with the knowledge of a board-certified physician. They have tinctures that are internationally certified for non-GMO. And here's what they also have, keto CBD fruit chews. Yes, they are keto-friendly, they taste delicious, and they're a great way to reduce inflammation in the body. If you want to get your hands on these CBD tinctures and keto fruit chews, head over to drphillipscbd.com. That is D-R-P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S-C-B-D.com. We will also put a link for you in the podcast notes down below. Okay, let's get back to this episode. Exactly. And you know, allopathic medicine, they're guilty of prescribing medication, medication, not getting to the cause. But then we have the functional side, alternative medicine. They're guilty of also just prescribing or not prescribing, recommending supplements and not getting to the cause as well. So I love that you're talking about doing both. You know, I think supplementation is important, you know, targeted supplementation. But I was taking all the supplements in the world. I didn't feel a damn thing until I actually got the metal out of my mouth got out of that mold exposure and did detox, and then the supplements work better because I reduced inflammation. Now they're actually getting into my cells. And you have a video on your YouTube channel. Is your YouTube channel Dr. Joel Rosen? Is that the title of it? Yeah, it is. Yes. Thank you. You have some great videos on there from several years ago and also recently. So I recommend the Keto Campers go on there. We'll put it in the, the podcast notes. But one of the videos I was watching just right before we got on here was five causes of extreme fatigue cases. So I know it's evolved over the years, but I'd love for you to kind of break down each of these five causes for the audience. Sure. Well, especially for your listeners, when we're talking about adapting a ketogenic lifestyle and becoming metabolically flexible and doing intermittent time-restricted eating windows, obviously one of the main things that that's doing is it's stabilizing your blood sugar. And I think people don't realize that, well, I don't eat a lot of cupcakes and bonbons, so why would my blood sugar be unstable? But when you're stressed, and we said one of the things that the adrenals do is it makes energy and it does this by breaking down your stored glycogen and dumping a whole bunch of blood sugar into the bloodstream as well as releasing adrenaline and all of those have insulin effects and also as you as all of your listeners know that will create a killing or kryptonite effect on, on ketogenic abilities but ultimately it will add to your inflammation so stabilizing your blood sugar is probably number one enemy when we're supporting people that have a fatigue-based problem. There's so many tools that you teach and becoming metabolically flexible, time-restricted eating windows, taking your glucose and looking at your GKI. All those things are super important. But number one is identifying that it's a stress-related insulin or blood sugar instability that you need to get a hold of. So that would be the first thing that I would say. The second thing would be GI disturbances. I mean, fundamentally, as far as Hippocrates goes, look to the gut and you'll see that that's where the majority of our challenges are. 70 to 80% of the immune system is in the GI tract. The adrenals are also supporting your immune system and inflammation. So adapting a diet where in the very least, no matter what way you decide to vary your macronutrients, is getting foods that grandma recognizes, right? I mean, at the end of the day, you don't want to have artificial sweeteners. You don't want to have glutamate. You don't want to have natural. I mean, not, not, doesn't that upset you so much, Ben? Like natural flavors means yeah. artificial flavors. Yeah. So, um, but, you, you know, keeping common sense, basic, simple dietary approaches, again, no matter what your percentages are, but there's a lot of other things in terms of overgrowth, dysbiosis, microbial disturbances, flora imbalances, even celiac concerns, permeable Mm -hmm. issues. So that topic goes pretty far, which kind of leads into, well, if that's going on, you're going to have inflammation, you're not going to utilize your your nutrients. So you're going to have the third problem with nutrient availability and nutrient deficiencies. And ultimately, when I said earlier that I feel that 
these stress-related problems are a mitochondrial fatigue, as you teach your listeners that mitochondria needs these cofactors, they need these vitamins and minerals to be able to drive energy production, let alone the macronutrients. So if you're not absorbing your nutrients effectively, you have like a negative deficit. And what I mean by that is you're losing the energy that you could have been having by absorbing them. But on the flip side, by not absorbing them, you're ultimately creating inflammation, you're overloading the liver, and it's costing you energy. So that's a a double whammy. Um, The other one is we talked about is sleep hygiene. Uh, I've come a long way on that, Ben. I I really, at this point now, would substitute that with circadian rhythm balance. So not just sleep hygiene, but protecting your exposure to light when the lights go down and getting exposed to blue light, but also equally important getting the actual sunlight during the day to help coordinate and your frequencies with the earth. And that's really important. I think we've lost communication, especially with what we're going through now with isolation and so forth is we've lost communication with the earth. And that's kind of woo woo, but really it is. And then that kind of leads right into the environment, which would be the fifth factor Mm. and the environment in terms of do we get exposed to chemicals? You were exposed to mold. Mold's a huge epidemic that I think Mm -hmm. people don't realize. And one thing they're not talking about, which is a whole other podcast, is the role that 5G plays with that. 5G just kind of slipped in there underneath the surface and no one was even talking about it. And we don't realize how much that impacts your HPA axis. That's a big challenge that people aren't aware of but not just 5g dopamine exposures from your phone like you know oh i got a notification i mean do you find you do this as well ben we're guilty of it we have some form of addiction but you know you're on your phone and then you check an email and then someone responded to your post and you check that and then you you get sidetracked and you do five different things that's a dopamine dependency And that's an environmental thing that are going to impact your mast cells and your HPA axis and your cortisol production. We have to be very vigilant about that. There's so many environmental things that we don't realize, a couple of them being EMFs, molds, dopamine. So, yeah, those are all the five things plus, you know, expansion in each one that I would have people have on their radar. Great explanation. And for those listening, you could choose which one of those resonated with you the most and work on that and then move on to the next one and then work on that and and so on and so forth. I want to take a quick break here to share with you about the dangers of taking fish oil. I know, shocking. I was somebody who took fish oil every single day for years. And then I came across a ton of research showing the dangers of consuming fish oil. I immediately found an amazing product called Pureform. Pureform is a plant-based omega. And the cool thing about Pureform is that it is uniquely processed with nitrogen to preserve it and make sure it does not oxidize. These essential fatty acids are cold pressed and you get the proper balance of omega-6 and omega-3 to feed your cells what it desires. We know that life begins and ends at the cell membrane. And when you have the proper fats, the building blocks for those cell membranes, all of a sudden, your fat-burning hormones can do its job. So you lose weight. All of a sudden, your cells produce energy, so you feel good. So we know that cellular health is key for performance and longevity. So I've been taking Pureform every single day My dog takes it every single day. So does my girlfriend and my mom. This is how much I love the product. If you want to get your bottle delivered to your door, head over to purelifescience.com. Check them out. Order a bottle or two, and you'll be amazed by how you feel after taking this just after a few days. That is purelifescience.com. Use the coupon code BEN4 to apply a $4 off coupon. That is BEN4. B-E-N and the number four. International shipping is available. Okay, let's go back into this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. You know, I love what you shared about the sunlight. That's something that's free. And I know we both live in Florida, Joel, but even if you live in London or Toronto or wherever it's overcast, you're still going to get benefits from that. Just going outside and allowing the sunlight to go through your retina, touch your skin, it, you store more melatonin, which is going to help for the sleep uh, a night, the night ahead. So it's, it's such a free thing to do. And then the EMF component, right? If you're sleeping next to your router, if you have your phone next to your bed, 
what are you doing? You know, get it out of the bedroom. Turn off your router. You're not using the Wi-Fi. Take some nutrients that are going to help protect tissues from the uh, EMF and from the the 5G. These are free things that you can do. But here's the deal: some people don't have the awareness. So now that we have this conversation, it gives people it's like a light bulb moment, and they realize, oh, I'm actually doing that. And yes, I'm guilty, Joel of the dopamine hits for sure. You know, I'm becoming more and more aware of it, but we burn out those receptor sites for dopamine just like we burn them out for uh, insulin, like insulin resistance, dopamine resistance. So something that I do, my morning is protected. I don't look at my phone for the first 90 minutes. I walk my dog just doing affirmations. I'm getting morning sunlight. I also sprinkle in some some times throughout the day where I'm doing that, where I'm actually uh, working out or exercising. So those are some things that I do to kind of reset dopamine. What about you? What are some things that you do to reset those dopamine receptors? Dopamine, I mean, awareness is always the key, Ben, for sure. And turning off notifications, I think that's one of the best ones. I mean, really, that is the definition of Pavlovian conditioning, right? Like you ring a bell, yes. the dog salivates, and exactly. now you don't need to give them food, and you didn't have to pair it with anything, but it created that physiological response. And it's the same thing. I don't know if you notice this, but I think that even to the point where, have you ever gotten a text by someone, and you had just been thinking about them a couple of seconds before that, and then yep. you get that text, that goes into operant conditioning. And I think there's some kind of frequency that you're picking up. And if you can imagine that, if you have all of these stimuli that are bombarding you over and over and over again, then you are becoming conditioned to them. And that does become an addiction, whether you're aware of it or not, because your body needs more and more stimuli based on the down regulation of those receptor sites to get the same juice that you used to get. So awareness is key. In Florida, I didn't realize this happened one hurricane where we had the router in our room and, you know, we were off of the power for a couple days and my sleeps were amazing. And I was like, I, I didn't realize like the what router was just next to our bed, the wireless router, Christmas timers, you know, put it on a Christmas timer or rewire your system. And it sounds weird, but unfortunately, it's reality in terms of it will constantly mess up your voltage gates and your calcium channels and your cells will depolarize a lot quicker and you'll be that much more sensitive per given stimuli. And the best way to think of that is someone who has fibromyalgia, you touch them and they're like, ow, that hurts like it takes less pressure to elicit a response same thing in everything you do so awareness and then like you said the tricks of the trade put your phone away have a hard stop and a hard beginning where you don't go beyond that turn off your notifications and then as far as even just extra stop multitasking like when you're in online you have 25 windows open like your brain's not designed to think of things that way you close the windows finish their task once you finish that task do your next task if something comes up where it catches your eye and like oh yeah i got to do that too write it down and save it for another time and i'm mostly talking to you joel because that's what you do <laughs> You know, like, those dude, are the, yeah, those are the things that are really the the nuances and the things that will help someone make the difference when they're not when the supplements aren't working as well or when they have addressed the things and they've removed themselves from it. Those are the little ahas that, oh, that will take you to the next level. And I tell people, hey, you know what, Mrs. Jones, you're so close yet so far. And all the things that you're doing right now should be working. Let's evaluate what you're doing on a daily basis. And then, of course, it will come out, you, you know, in terms of your light exposure, your cell phone, your EMFs, uh, your notifications, your multitasking, stop and just limit it to the amount that, you know, simplify things in life and slow down. What about ways to test, right? I talked about the Dutch test and a few things, but what, what are some questions somebody should ask their doctor to test to see if they have adrenal insufficiency, HPA axis dysfunction? Yeah, that's a great, great question. So what I'm in the process of doing is creating a, a curriculum that is exactly asking that particular question. So and, and I, I ask a lot of the people, hey, like, what is missing from things that you want to see online? It's like, I don't know how to talk to my doctor, because my doctor as soon it's like a tell, like if you had like, four aces, and you're like, Oh, my God, I can't believe it. Like, this is amazing. When you go to the doctor and, and say, Hey, I have adrenal fatigue, it's a tell for them, like, Oh, boy, here's the weirdo 
that's coming into our office that searches the internet and thinks she knows more about medicine than I do. And they're pretty much going to dismiss you from that moment, unfortunately. So it's a really great question. And I am aware of that. So I think it all starts with fundamental blood work, blood chemistries. And as you know, as FDN, when you look at those values, signs of inflammation, blood sugar control, your white blood cells, your electrolytes and minerals, the key thing though is having a chart that allows you to understand what the functional ranges are, which mm-hmm. basically means, as you're, I'm sure your listener knows, you're not sicker than that average sick person that has taken two standard deviations away from the mean. So like as an example, Example, they'll show like TSH values are 0.4 to 4.5. So if you're 0.5 and I'm 4.4, we're told it's the same thing. We need to be failing the test before they say, hey, Ben, you need extra help here. You know, you need extra help when you're getting a C plus, not when you're getting a failing grade. So Mm -hmm. I I think that's the key. And I think having people understand, hey, it's an HPA axis thing. It's a stress related thing. But as I said earlier, I think it goes deeper than the HPA axis. And if you have blood sugar issues, if your circadian rhythm's not controlled, if you're not settling down your inflammation, if you're not absorbing your nutrients, if the environment is all having a challenge on you, then those will reflect fundamentally in your blood work that you've been told that are normal, that are functionally not normal. Like if we were to give you an A-rated insurance policy, all of a sudden you wouldn't be getting great grades. But if we're telling you, are you failing the grade? You wouldn't be failing the grade. So I think that's key, Ben. I think the key is like, it's not sexy again. I love the Dutch test. I think the Dutch test is so amazing. It's a four to five point urine dry test. That's what they call it, a dried urinary total cortisol and hormone test. I think it's better than the saliva test now. I like Mm -hmm. the saliva test because it does show your circadian rhythm, but I don't remember the last time I ordered it for a client because there are so many things that your body can compensate that doesn't allow for that Dutch, the saliva test to be completely accurate. But it gives you a good circadian rhythm, like if it's low in the morning and it's high at night, or if it's erratic, you know, there's blood sugar issues. So there is a lot of good utility about that. And then just the last thing I would say, as you know, one of the things that I think I do differently is the functional genomic test. And what that means in English is looking at your ancestry results and then having a predictive test that tells you, hey, Ben, you have some challenges with settling down inflammation, your antioxidant response elements. It's like you have a firefighter crew that sits at the side of the fire and doesn't turn on the hose. That's what we can see with that. We can see celiac challenges. We can see how well your body clears out histamine. (laughs) We can see how well it clears out neurotransmitters, excitatory neurotransmitters like dopamine and adrenaline and histamine and glutamate. So it it goes so much deeper than just what the MTHFR used to be. But I think that for me and the way that I practice, it's essential for everyone because it's a blueprint to put everything in perspective. Yeah, it is. And your website for the audience, if they want to learn more about your work and how to get in touch, what's your website? So it's called the truth about adrenal fatigue.com. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. We'll put it in the notes as well. So let's talk a little bit about I want to get into some supplements to support the adrenals. Before we do, let's talk a little bit about methylation, you know, the gears and switches of the body. So explain what methylation is and the whole relationship between SAMe the membrane and some things to help support that. And you have a great term called mitochondrial pimp. (laughs) What does that mean? Mitochondrial pimp. So (laughs) basically it means like, let me pay your bills so that you can have extra income to go and buy new shoes, so to speak. Or like I said, if I was the business consultant, let's take care of your expenses so that you have some extra income to be able to do other fundamental physiological processes. So that's where I came up with that term. Like, hey, let me be your mitochondrial pimp. But yeah, so methylation, without getting too fancy with it, it, a methyl group is a carbon with three hydrogens. And and whenever you methylate, you're putting a carbon with three hydrogens on a compound. But what that really does and what that means in English is aside from ATP, because we all kind of understand ATP, especially if you're getting in the ketogenic lifestyle and you want to convert fat into fuel and through those ketones and get them into the mitochondria, 
carnitine and other things that you need to be able to produce ATP. The second most abundant form of energy in the body is through methyl groups. And, and those methyl groups, what they do is they produce energy, they help you detox, they help coordinate your stress response, they help to repair the cells, and they help to repair the muscle. So 80% of methylation or 80% of SAMe production, SAMe is a compound that is the second most form of energy in the body besides ATP. So it's a very important energetic producing nutrient. So what it does is 70 to 80% of its function is to repair the cell membrane. And as you know, and as you explain, if your cell membrane is not repairing itself, then you're not docking nutrients on there to signal a message. It's like knocking on the door and asking if I can come in. Or you're not also allowing toxins to get out of that cell. And when we oxidize and we have oxidation, it really is like taking a flamethrower to that membrane and that membrane can't coordinate and communicate. So that's why I would recommend to some people, and I, in that video, I recommend choline, because choline, what it does is it helps to repair that cell membrane, or what we call phospholipids. Phospholipids, I'm sure as you teach as well, are proteins with fats joined together. And then the other thing that we recommend is creatine, because creatine is what SAMe works very hard in the other responsibility of 80% of SAMe production goes to repair their muscle. So a lot of people that I work with, you know, they associate creatine with bodybuilders. But if you have some methylation challenges, and most people understand MTHFR, then I say MTHFR works very hard to repair your cell and to repair your muscle and to repair your cell membrane. So let's use some creatine and thereby we're paying your bills. MTHFR can't get to repairing the cell membrane or get to repairing the muscle we give you those two compounds and now we're your mitochondrial pimp so that's kind of how that came out <laughs> yeah i love that so the choline helps with the cell membrane there are so many researched benefits to having good fat in your diet but there is just one little problem with all this healthy fat if you can't properly digest the fat in your diet chances are you won't feel that great and a lot of people lack the one key nutrient needed to digest fat. To really get the best results from any diet, whether it's carnivore, paleo, keto, or even vegan, I found there are three things that can really help optimize your results. First, enhance your digestion and elimination. Second, boost your cellular energy. And third, rev up your fat-burning metabolism. And one of the best aids to a ketogenic lifestyle that I've ever found comes from my friends over at Bioptimizers, and it's called Capex. What Capex does is three things. First, it breaks down the fats you eat into fatty acids using a proprietary lipase and dandelion extract blend. Most people aren't eating a lot more good fat in their diet these days. This means you're breaking down the dietary fat into usable energy and not storing it. Second, they transport those fatty acids into the muscles and in the liver. And they have several ingredients that dramatically increase the fatty acid oxidation inside your mitochondria, both in your muscles and liver. In other words, it's more fuel into your motor and more horsepower for your motor. If you take three to five capsules of Capex in the morning on an empty stomach, the energy is incredible. It feels like a cup of coffee and it lasts six to 10 hours and there's no nervous system stimulation. It works incredible as a pre-workout and even without caffeine. It's one of my go-tos when I'm in a fasted state. Now, it won't make up for bad eating or eating lots of excess calories, especially from processed foods and seed oils, but the research shows that it can raise metabolic rate and boost other fat loss hormones. I highly suggest trying it for yourself. And when you go to kenergize.com slash ketocamp, that's K-E-N-E-R-G-I-Z-E forward slash ketocamp, camp with a K, you'll automatically get 10% off any package of Capex with the coupon code KETOCAMP10. That is K-E-T-O-K-A-M-P-1-0. We will also drop a link for you down below in the podcast notes.
So do you recommend something like uh, phosphatidylcholine, which is that thick fat to consume on a consistent basis? PC? Yeah, I mean, so in general, yes. In general, yes. I wouldn't just blanket statement, okay, everyone go out and run and get phosphatidylcholine. But generally, yes, it, it, you know, it's, that can be really a helpful thing. And obviously, I always would love them to get whatever they can through their diet and eggs and egg yolks, which, you know, have been sort of villainized as, you know, bad cholesterol and it's horrible. Um, is very, very rich with choline. But yes, I like the idea of of starting with a couple of those nutrients and phospholipids, you can get it in lecithin. So some people will get it in soy lecithin, but they don't like soy because of the concerns with that. So they'll do sunflower lecithin, and that is rich with phospholipids. Phosphatidylcholine, there's a lot of other nutrients that are other aminos attached to phospholipids, and then creatine as well. Yeah. Do you recommend uh, creatine supplementation every single day? Uh, I take it every day with a little bit of some vitamin C for the absorption, and I kind of spread it out throughout the day. Do you recommend that? Do you recommend a time where you kind of break away from it? You know, it's a great question. I, I think there should be a course called like Zen in the Art of Supplementation Taking, yeah. right? Because, you know, your demands on a daily basis are different. So if you're on vacation and your body is not upregulated in terms of your work schedule, your to-do list, you know, all the little projects that you have, then typically you can back off on supplements. And I, that's what I want to teach clients is know thyself, know when you, when you're depleted and know when you need support and know when, when you feel energized and you're doing well. And that's the toughest thing to teach people, Ben, is when you're doing really well, that's when you can not try to take that supplement you know, that day. Because what I tell them is, is there's a Goldilocks zone where too little is not yeah. good and too much is not good. And if you know thyself, think of it as if you're riding a wave and you get on the wave, you feel really, you know, you're riding it, but you want to get on that next wave before you got off that wave that you're still on. Mm -hmm. So what I tell them is, is if you feel good with something, don't take that something that next day and see if you're still on that wave. When you fall off the wave, you'll know go back on it again. So some people though will do well with something every day just because like yourself you're you're producing, you're you're active, you're creating, you're using up a lot of methyl groups, right? So it really depends. And as you know, there's no one size fit all, so you really want to customize according to that person's challenges and their lifestyle. Absolutely. I follow supplements the same way. You know, we everything in nature is cyclical and the same thing should be with our food, with our supplements because of that hormesis curve. It goes back to hormesis. Like if you take supplements with some herbs, there's going to be a hormesis effect. There's going to be a, it's going to force the body to adapt. So you get a benefit. You keep taking it, taking it, you get a resistance and all of a sudden the benefits go away. So I always rotate my supplements as well with the exception of like minerals and electrolytes. Those are consistent, but the rest of them I rotate. So well said, you know, and speaking of supplements, what are some specific, one of your, some of your favorite supplements to support the adrenals while the person goes upstream and takes care of that interference? Yeah, great question. So, you know, I think minerals are always key, right? Whenever I have someone who is that, everyone knows it, like no matter what they take, they get blown out of the water, right? Because they're so sensitive, then some kind of mineral compound, and they have different ones that are out there. There are the ones that are the, you know, and I've, you've heard you talk about and has also talked about that Quinton water, you know, the osmolality yeah. of, I think that can be a really good starting point for someone who's very, very sensitive. Himalayan salts can be really good as well. I always like to defer like to foods. So if you're getting really good organic based produce, you're going to get minerals in there as well. But minerals for sure. I like those. As, and then settling down inflammation. There's so many different ways that we can do that. Um, as we know, and we've heard about the parent essential oils and three and six, we don't like just super dosing on threes because that has shown to be problematic. So if you can get a plant-based oil or again, get it in your foods, then you are going to be settling down that whole arachidonic, you know, omega-3 pathways that help settle down inflammation. So those are really great ones as well. And then depending on what some of the nuances are, we mentioned about choline and creatine can be very helpful for energy producing. But as it relates to the adrenals, 
everyone has heard about adaptogens, but one of the things I'd like to sort out, Ben, for your listeners is it's not as easy as saying, hey, you have high adrenals or you have low adrenals. You have dysfunctional adrenals and it's not linear. So some days it can be, or some weeks or months, it can be really high and other days it could be really low. So you run the risk of saying, hey, I want to take phosphatidylserine because my cortisol is very high and you want to take licorice root or some kind of herbal, what are they, I'm sorry, what is it, glandular that would get your adrenals to produce more if it were low. I, I don't like that because we get into trouble that way. Because first and foremost, it's a cellular issue. Second, it's not just a high or low thing. But with that being said, adaptogens are great. I mean, you have Tulsi tea, which is an adaptogenic tea. You also have rhodiola. You have ashwagandha. Now, I find people, I have a, a nightshade sensitivity. So I Ashwagandha can be actually too stimulating for some people. But then what I really like to do is once we get a Dutch test, now we're not just closing our eyes and trying to hit that moving dartboard, but we can say, hey, Ben, based on your Dutch test, let's do some nutrients like licorice root because your half-life of cortisol is converting into cortisone very quickly, and we want to slow that down. That's not guesswork. That's 100% based on an objective test. Or you're not converting your cortisol into the cortisone. Now we want a little bit more magnolia or hinocleol or other stuff that not aren't adaptogens per se, but they're specifically designed to lower that amount or raise that amount. So we're not necessarily guessing. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Exactly. They're using the feedback from the lab work to uh, target and specialize the supplementation recommendation instead of guessing and saying, hey, take some phosphatidylserine when you feel wired and tired at night. But would that be the answer? I don't know. Let's look at some lab work to see if that could be the right answer for your solution. So yeah, that makes total sense. Uh, I love that. You know, going back real quick to the Sammy conversation, you said it was the second most abundant source of energy in the body after ATP. And 70, 80% of it, 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 the function of it is to repair that cell membrane. As we know, the cell membrane is the bodyguard of the cell. Life begins and ends there. Do you recommend at all supplementing with SAMe? And are there any foods specifically that support SAMe production? That's a great question. So SAMe is kind of like the marriage of B12 and folate. So you're going to get it in, in protein and green leafy vegetables. So, so that's the first thing. I don't think, I mean, there's actually a great site called nutritiondata.self.gov where you can go in there and have a nutrient search to see what foods are richest. Um, but I would say animal product and, and, you know, even like organ meats. And, and that's then what green, I was thinking, like, like liver, like beef liver, bison liver, et cetera, and green leafy vegetables. Green leafy vegetables, exactly. And which is going to have, you know, as you know, net carbs and what you teach your people. So everything you teach them, they're going to get good SAMe with it. But it's a great, great question. So SAMe is one of those nutrients that you just don't want to go out and buy and, and try because you need to ha have an understanding of where some of these broken, I call it assembly lines, where the bridges are out, where you're not getting from point A to point B effectively. And SAMI is more of a nutrient that we want to teach people how to make it versus take it. Right. So um, but here's a good example of someone that I would try to test it out with. So they're anxious, they're overwhelmed, they're stuck in fight or flight. They have weak gag reflexes or too stimulated gag reflex. Their vagus nerve is not working really well. They have um, digestive issues and bloating and what they think to be as SIBO or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. But they're the ones that have that alarm clock or the drum set being beaten by their ear at three in the morning and they wake up in a stupor and they feel they're just finishing a race. This might not be a bad idea. 250 milligrams of SAMI before bed, you may think, oh my gosh, Joel, thank you so much. That can be that way. Some other people will say, hey, it energized me a little bit. And if that's the case, then I would want to investigate why. There's no bad results, Ben. You know, like I think like if someone takes a supplement and they have a negative effect, I like that better than if they have no effect. Because now yeah. we can put our thinking caps on and figure out what happened there. Yeah, me too. Yeah, symptoms are, are good. It's feedback, right? So that's terrific. Uh, what's the, the last thing you want to share with the keto campers on this whole topic of the human body, the ability to heal, 
and a lot of the issues that people are dealing with. You know, you, you opened it up in the beginning. I don't feel good, doctor, but your lab work looks normal. Here are some medication. So what, what are some words of encouragement that you want to leave the audience with today? Yeah, great question. So following that same example is they don't need the doctor to validate that they're right. That's key. You're not crazy. And it really, for the lack of a better word, pisses me off as a provider and a doctor and colleague that someone would assume that. No one wants to feel crappy. There may be some attention issues there and love and whatever you want to get into. But at the end of the day, no one wants to feel this crappy. And no one wants to crash in the middle of the day. No one wants to have brain fog. Everyone wants to have a better quality life and meaningful relationships and life experiences. Everyone wants that. So when they're being presented to the doctor and the doctor isn't listening to you, don't let them empower you to think that something's not wrong with you. And ultimately, it's and the good news is on the flip side that there's nothing wrong with your blood work in terms of you have a major ominous thing going on. Like, you don't, you know, so that's the good news. And that kind of follows up on where I find some of the best clients and success stories that I have inherently have that. Like, you know what, Ben, life's not fair. We've experienced atrocities and and real, real traumatic events that no other person should feel. And that isn't fair. And doctors aren't listening to you. But you know what, your body and your mindset and your willingness to get better and your belief that you're going to get better and seeing the sunlight in the darkness goes a huge way. It really does. Because when you align to that frequency of, well, you know what, even though I feel this crappy, I had that three hour sleep last night, and I haven't had three hours in, I can't remember when. Hold on to that. Because I tell people, if you're looking in the rear view mirror, and you're trying to go forward, you're going to crash into something. And that's what happens with cortisol is it will scramble your front part of your brain. And that front part of the brain is your impulsivity. It's also that ability to coordinate thoughts, to be able to put sequential events, planning. So if I'm going on a trip and I'm going to take a plane and I got to stay at a hotel and then the first, that's a front part of your brain. So if you are focusing on the things that are working and being grateful for those, not focusing on the things that aren't working, and then think about what I'm going to do with now that I can do this and then plan that and plan that. It's not just a woo-woo PMA thing. It's a therapeutic tool, much like phosphatidylserine is and creatine is. It needs to be there. And if it's not there, the best protocols in the world, I find, will not get you to that end zone like that will. Does that make sense? No, it makes total sense. I agree with you. Whatever you feed energy to expand. So you're saying be grateful for your wins, stack those wins, and then focus on that gratitude because I believe what we appreciate does appreciate. And it's not woo-woo. It's a universal law. Like if you didn't believe in gravity, it's a universal law. Jump off the balcony. You're going to see it's real. It's the same thing. So I love that, right. Doc. That's such a great explanation. Uh, what are the best places to check you out? Uh, mention your YouTube channel, your website, and any social media again. Yeah, so the truth about adrenalfatigue.com is where my website is. And then Dr. Joel Rosen pretty much on Instagram and Facebook. Facebook, we actually have a great group. It's Dr. Joel Rosen, The Truth About Adrenal Fatigue. It's about 9,000 members. And then we have a a page. It's called Adrenal Fatigue Recovery, and that's just over 44,000 people. So that's, that's where we can find me there. Great. We'll put that in the notes of the podcast with your YouTube channel as well. Uh, Dr. Jewel, I want to acknowledge you for your work, man. I love what you're doing. You're really empowering people to understand how remarkable their body is and you're helping them get to the cause. And you're so right. Don't let somebody's somebody in a, la- a white coat determine your worth or what you want to do next. It's really up to you. So I love what you're doing. You're speaking a very important message that a lot of people are dealing with, and they don't even understand that they're dealing with it, which is the, the adrenal insufficiency. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank you getting for getting to the truth about adrenal dysfunction. And uh, I look forward to having more collaborations with you. And thank you for educating my community and myself today. Yeah, well, thank you and ditto back right back at you. And like I said it before we got started, Ben, I've seen your journey and there's a lot of things that are great about it. Your message, your desire to help people 
and just the success that you're having with helping people, it's really inspirational for me too. So thank you for all that you do. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Dr. Joel Rosen and you feel empowered to have a better conversation with your doctor or healthcare practitioner. Be sure to go check out his website, thetruthaboutadrenalfatigue.com. We'll drop a link down below in his awesome YouTube channel as well and give him a follow on his social media. We'll put all of that in the podcast notes down below. If this episode was helpful to you, text it to a friend. Maybe you know somebody who is suffering with adrenal fatigue, energy issues. This could be a game changer for them. So just grab the link and send it to them via text, post it on your social media, and please leave the podcast, the Keto Camp Podcast, a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help, and I would appreciate if you took the time to do so today. I want to thank you so much for listening to the entire episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. You'll hear me on the next one. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.